Our readings for this Good Friday come from the 18th and 19th chapters of the Gospel of St. John. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So they asked him again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me. I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, 
Why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And arrayed him in a purple robe. Then they came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, 
Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and an Aramaic Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know if we actually think about our sins that often. I don't know if we realize, truly realize, how deadly our sins are. I don't know if we really think about this very much. Not really. And here's maybe why. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. A good commandment. So what happens if you break it? What happens if you love something more than God? Will the police come knocking on your door? What will happen if you trust something more than God? People do this all the time. Will God strike you with lightning as soon as you do it? He could, but he probably won't. The third commandment says you are to worship God faithfully every week. And we all promised this when we were confirmed. All of us did. So what happens if we don't? What will happen if other things in our lives take priority on Sunday morning? 
You can merrily go along and not come to church for three months if you want. You could keep going to sports practice like normal if you want. Or you could just sleep in every Sunday. And guess what will happen? Probably nothing will happen to you. And God has other commandments, a lot more. Obeying our parents, honoring our government. What if we don't honor them? Anything going to happen to you? Stealing, murder, adultery. God said we're not to break these laws, these commandments. Some of these things are illegal in a lot of states, but only if we get caught. So I can steal a candy bar and no one may see, no one may know. God will know. But what is God going to do? Jesus said we murder when we are angry with someone in our hearts. But I can be angry with someone all the time and no policeman will knock on my door to correct that. And what's God going to do when I am angry? Will he do anything? Probably not. And then there's adultery. We can do it in the flesh. We can do it in our minds. No one's stopping us. In fact, nowadays in our country, the more promiscuous promiscuous we are, the more applause we will get for being brave, for living however we want to live. And what about God? What will God do if we commit adultery, either in the flesh or in the heart? He probably won't do anything. I don't know if we actually think about our sins that often. I don't know if we realize, truly realize just how deadly our sins are. I don't know if we really ponder this very much. We probably don't. We probably don't because we can usually get away with sin very easily. But there will be a day when no one gets away with anything. And that day will come at the day of the final judgment. When Jesus returns, and he will return, Believers and unbelievers will be separated forever. For those who chose to live in their sins and love their sins in this life, they will be separated from believers in Christ who lived repentant lives in this life. Repentant just means believers were sorry for their sins and tried at least not to commit them. Doesn't mean they were perfect. When Jesus returns, this last day is called the final judgment. But was there a judgment before it? I mean, think about it. If there is to be a final judgment, then there should have been a judgment before that one. 
And there was. It was today. You literally stare at it up here on the cross every single week. The crucifixion of Christ is the first judgment. We don't usually ponder our sins against God like we should because we can usually get away with them. But not today. Our sins do have consequences. They really do. And you're staring at these consequences in the crucifixion when Jesus himself was judged guilty For the sins that we committed. All of our sins against the first commandment. When we don't fear, love and trust in God more than anything else. Does have consequences. But you don't pay those consequences. He did. Jesus did. Jesus paid the price when He died in your place. Someone had to pay for our sin. So Jesus did. For every single time we hated someone in our heart, Jesus was hated by his own father on that cross. For every single time we have taken something that does not belong to us, Jesus had his life taken away for that. For every single time we have lusted in our bodies or our hearts, Jesus had his body crushed with punches and 39 whippings and nails in his hands and feet and a crown of thorns on his head. For every single time we have ever sinned, you are staring today at the one who suffered for that sin. You are staring at the one who bore the punishment that we never could. You are staring at Jesus dying in your place. Today is not a day To lay some kind of guilt trip on you or me. But today is a day for every single one of us to realize our sins do have consequences. There's punishment for our sins. But we don't pay the punishment. Jesus does. There's a price to be paid for our sins. And Jesus is the one who pays it for all of us. Today, more than any other day of the year, this is a day for us to see with our eyes what it took to actually take away our sins. It took the death of Jesus to do that. Because of what Jesus went through, We should not treat our sins lightly, should we? Jesus died for them. And we should not willingly go back to sin, should we? Jesus died for them. 
We should never willingly sin without fighting that temptation with all of our strength. Because after all, look what Jesus did to free us from that slavery to sin. He hung on a cross for six hours, willingly, all for you. All for you so that you would not have to be a slave to your sin and your love of sinning ever again. But now so that you could have new desires and new loves. Ones that are God's. Jesus did all of this today. And he did it all for you. He did everything on the cross entirely for you so that you can have the forgiveness of every single one of your sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. Thank you for dying in our place on the cross for our sins So that we will never die for our sins. Thank you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called The place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother, And the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, 
said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. 